What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, after an eventful week last week with a couple of major, major news drops, we're back to it being dead time. Not really a whole lot going on. We still got a couple of weeks before the preseason starts. So what's going on with you, man? Well, you know, uh, it's a big turning point today. I'm wearing jeans for the first time since probably May. Wow. Wearing a long sleeve shirt. It's a... I think fall's coming, and that Are means you ready for that. Uh, I don't know. I like summer. The first part of fall is nice. I mean, we're still in summer, obviously, technically for like two more weeks. I like summer a lot. Uh, I don't like how much people complain about summer in Buffalo mm-hmm. because I think they're being soft. Uh, but I like fall. I really like the first uh, month of fall, month to six weeks. The first half of fall is very nice, I would say. The second half of fall sucks, and it leads into the winter, which turbo sucks around here. So there's one thing that makes the second half of fall and also winter a lot more palatable, and that's the Buffalo Sabres, wow. who will be playing regular season games in just about five weeks. and will be playing preseason games in less than a month. Exciting times, exciting times. Anything yeah. you're looking forward to in particular at this stage of the game as we're now in the, the first week of September, still a few weeks out? You know, there's not that many questions, I guess, about the roster. I have two big things I'm wondering about. One is, what's going on with Ryan Johnson? Do we have an answer on that? I think he is going back to school. But has there been, like, an announcement of any kind? Not. Let's see. I mean, if he went back to school, he literally has to be there already. It's September. But I feel like this just – like, he's a first-round pick. And he should probably be signing. And this just came and went with like no interest seemingly at all. Like, I think we all assumed he would be signing after his team got knocked out of the uh, frozen four last year. Let's see. Yeah. Lance had a report in early August of the Buffalo news. Of course he had, uh, he had it back in early August. That Jonathan is still going to return to the University of Minnesota. I see. And then okay. what was the other question? What is going to happen with JJ Paterka? That he's is someone. Yeah, he's someone that last training camp people were like, they wanted him to potentially make the roster. He impressed a lot of people, and then he had an impressive season in the AHL. They don't seem to have made room for him to be a permanent guy for sure well and i think that really begs the question is you know is granado and really the front office as a whole is their philosophy actually going to be now that the young guys are really just it's at the at this stage of the game everybody is just going to be needed to step up to be able to secure a spot on this team or, or, or a role if they haven't already and there's a lot of guys that fit into that mold and i think the big question is going to be is are they actually going to commit to allowing a guy like Paterka to win a spot. Like if he does play better than somebody maybe who they have slotted in in the bottom six right now, like are you going to actually make room for him? How is Jack Quinn going to play into that as well? You know, Hina Strohs is back. What's going to happen there? I mean, you're saying Riley Sheehan as well. And that's, I mean, he'd be more so for center, but that's another, you know, bottom line player there. 
And then on top of that, too, I mean, I forgot about that. Well, yeah. And if you're going to have Paterka up, though, at the same time, I want him to be getting chances to actually be playing with guys who are going to be able to create offense together. And ideally, that would be in a third line role, because then you have a hand on on the minutes and being able to shelter him a little bit. But I don't know, like, is there going to be room for that? It feels like the top nine is kind of set at this point, or there, like you said, there's really no big surprises that can happen at this stage of the game because of how many guys are already there and returning from last year. Yeah. I mean, there's always injuries, so there's always that opportunity to come up, but what if they just have a relatively healthy season and you just have, you know, this whole season where Paterka's in the AHL for no reason. The other thing also is they, they could really just wave Bjork. Yeah. I mean, I, again, We've been saying I I didn't think he was even going to be on the roster. I figured there was going to be something that would happen there, just because it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess I mean he is he is a hockey player that they have under contract. <laughs> that that's all I could really say. They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's there's not much else you can say about his performance last year. Yeah, it's so th- those are the main things I'm wondering. But like we said, a lot of these positions seem set. I think they're set on defense. And if there's injuries, they actually signed a lot of new defensemen in the AHL. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wonder, is, he must be. So if Paterka doesn't make the roster and he's in Rochester to start the year, I'm guessing he has to be number one in terms of guys they call up. Oh, yeah, of course. And then from there, I don't know who's – that. that's always interesting. Like, do you call up the guy who's really probably a, a quad A guy, but he's really solid? Like that'd be like someone like Brandon Beerle right now or someone who's younger and more interesting. Cause they, they are going to have multiple, uh, I don't Kulik know. Now confirmed high... Rosen as well. So yeah, that's what I was really referring to those two. I guess I would say highly touted guys, both first round picks. I should have said I think Coolidge is probably a little bit closer to feeling NHL ready or like that. He would be able to hack it in NHL action, but yeah, I mean, it, it that's a big question to wonder is who's going to actually end up getting the first crack from the, from that young group there. So let's take a look at this top nine, just to kind of talk through this really quick. So you of course are going to have the first line of Tuck Thompson and Skinner. You are going to have cousins is going to be there. Olafson is going to be there. Metal stats going to be there. Krebs. Asplund. Is a poser going to be uh, assuredly on the bottom line? And then Jack Quinn also. I mean, there's there's nine right there. Hmm. So it yeah. doesn't feel as though there's really going to be a lot of room for movement there. And I think on that note, too, one of the other things that I'm really going to be intrigued about is where is Jack Quinn going to play and who is his center going to be? Will it be That Dylan is Cousins? interesting. Will they, will they put him with Cousins on the second line? Do they maybe try and put him with somebody like Krebs, for example, on the third line to get him with, uh, you know, like a pure playmaker and see if they can unlock something there with Krebs and get him going? Who's to say? Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, that's something uh, we talked about. So I was on uh, the Hockey DB, Hockey Database. I'm sure people know that yeah. website. Great website for uh, – I like actually really like it because it's great for looking at players who are prospects or recent young NHL players because it just in the same box it lists their stats from everywhere from the time they're like 14. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. But they do a Twitter space, which I was a part of last week. I think that was last Thursday, maybe whatever it was. 
they uh they had me on which was really nice and i we one of the questions and it wasn't just me it was a bunch of sabers media uh joe yurden was there i remember a few other people and then some other podcasts as well our good friend walt was there shout out and walt. uh yeah shout out saber metrics one of the questions was about the Eichel trade, and I think a lot of people had the same thought on Krebs, which is like a lot of potential, but what are we going to see this year? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting question because you see the potential with him. You see, I would say like once every three games, there's a pass. And I was like, holy shit, that pass. But you didn't see a lot more than that. I, he, I don't think he did particularly well in his minutes. So that's potentially putting him and Quinn together could be really interesting because Krebs is such a good passer and Quinn is such a good scorer, and it's not even a theoretical. They played really well together in Rochester. What if you had a third line that was something like Asplund, Krebs, and Quinn? That sounds like pretty ideal, honestly, right? Not too shabby, right? And then that would leave the second line maybe would look like Cousins with Middlestad and Olofsson. He'd really be carrying the weight defensively there, but would that be the second line then? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know about that one. <laughs> and then Gergensen's Opozo and Sheehan maybe on your fourth line. That's a solid fourth line that would not get its teeth kicked in or anything like that. Yep. And then your top line in that case is Tuck, Tage, and Skinner. Yep. That actually works out in a pretty smart way. I think you might flip what the second and third lines are. But I'm not sure about that because, God, Krebs and, and Quinn are so young. This is really going to be a growing year, more so than people think it is. Mm-hmm. Big time. Because you just... I, I, I think that's something, too. I, I saw something, I think it was um, the NHL network of them saying, like, oh, if the Sabres could be a team. And they pointed out the fact that in the Atlantic, it's interesting just due to the fact that it's it's so clear-cut at the top with Florida, Tampa, and then Toronto for those top three spots. At least it seems that way on the surface. If Toronto's goaltending is just completely in the toilet, then we'll see. But after that, I mean, there's questions, as we know, about Boston and that they're going to have some of their key players out and guys are getting older. Generally speaking, they're aging there. You know, then Detroit, they had some big offseason moves. But really, is that just like putting, uh, you know, a Band-Aid on? Is there actually deeper issues there? You know, goaltending, I mean, is Billy Huso really going to be able to hack it as a as a starter, you know? And then, uh, obviously, Ottawa, they have a couple of big additions in Giroux and Debrinkat. Is that going to be enough? Are they ready to take a step? What's going on in goal there? Like, if Talbot's actually going to be able to be a, a steady presence for them in net, Montreal, I don't think, really makes much of a difference. But there could be an opportunity there if the Sabres were ready to to nab that four spot, or at least maybe it signals that next year that may be more attainable. But I'm with you that I don't think that they are quite there yet. And I don't think that I could say definitively that the roster as it is right now, not talking about long-term prospects or anything like that. I don't know if the roster right now is, if I could definitively say that it's not the second worst in the division behind Montreal. Yeah. Ahead of Montreal, right? Well, yeah, with Montreal being the worst. Yeah. Awful, awful place. No, I'm just kidding. It's really nice. Uh, Yeah, no, I I kind of have to agree, but I think we've said this already, but uh, it's all, you know, I can't say it's August anymore. What am I doing? It's September. It's September and it's the first half of September. So I can repeat myself. What Ottawa did, they didn't sacrifice 
their future because these were free agent signings. But well, what they did is was a trade. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. The Debrinkrat one was a trade. So yeah, that was. I wouldn't say they really sacrificed their future much in that trade because they still have, mm. according to the athletic, they're still a top ten farm system. So like they're trying to get better, but like Giroux uh, is uh, not young, no. and let's say not good in the playoffs last year. Didn't look great. He's not the guy he used to be. A lot of guys, a lot of current guys, have actually aged really well into their thirties. Giroux is not exactly one of them, mm. and he's not bad either. But like. A lot of money, a lot of minutes he's going to have to take up, and I'm not sure how good he actually is right? anymore. He's still good, but like, so, but he'll he'll make the team better next year, no doubt. Same with Debrinkit, who's also young. That's no way around it. That was just a good trade. But Debrinkit's not going to get better than he is right now. He'll just stay this good in all likelihood. Right. So they're going to need their guys to actually come up and, and make a difference because like a lot of their guys, they've already come up. They're not super young. So, but like, like we've said, they've had multiple good draft positions in the last couple of years. So they should probably be fine in the long term. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you there because the Brinkhead is really, really good. And I think ideally, I don't know, if this is a good comparison, but not the exact playing style or whatever, and definitely not the same size. Definitely not the same size. Uh, Page being as good as the Brinkhead would be really nice. A guy that just scores a lot of goals consistently, mm-hmm. even if he's not doing great at other things. So maybe those guys are equal in the long term. Let's hope. What what you also would have, though, is Detroit. And Detroit signed a lot of guys. And to me, that kind of seems like a lot of their signings are just shuffling shit around. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much better they're getting. The one that's really interesting is the Huso one, because they tried this last year. Goalie, who's barely played in the NHL, but impressed. And for one reason or another, his current team can't sign him. So they did that with Neto Jokic last year, and it didn't go well. And they bring in Vili Huso this time. If he's good, then Detroit's going to be pretty solid. If he's just okay, I think a lot of people are wondering where this rebuild is going. And they have the other thing too, though. I guess I have to say about them is they also have a great prospect pool, and Cider is uh, probably going to be a Norris caliber guy in the future. Yep, just took Marco Casper in the draft this year. Um, who am I? Am I forgetting someone? Didn't they have someone that was also, uh, in addition to Cider, top ten in Calder voting this year? Lucas Raymond. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Lucas Raymond's there too. They still have Larkin, who's not older or anything yet. So and they the top they got in free agency this year, David Perron. Yeah, David Robert Perron. Hag too. Oh boy. They got who? Robert Hag and Mark Pesic. See, this is what I mean about shuffling shit around. Yeah. Perrin's good and all that, and I know you like him a lot. Not young. No. But that's another guy that, like, he he makes their team better this year? Probably, actually. So, yeah, I don't think it'd be super discouraging. The thing is, I I wouldn't worry too much about what Ottawa and Detroit do this year or the Sabres finish in the division. It's more like, are they better than last year? Because no matter what, they should be better than last year. They're not – they haven't lost anyone of value from last year, have they? No. Their best player they probably lost was either Miller or Pezek, who were getting healthy scratched at the right. end of the year. So, yeah, before we get into any other Sabre stuff, uh, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Let's do that. From both of them. Yes. In fact, we'll use several words. Now, folks, get used to it. Yeah, we're going to be like one of those podcasts that takes a break every 10 minutes. <laughs> 
pretty soon. Not wow, crazy. I just opened up Instagram and I have an ad for Raycon. That's wild. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Always they're listening. listening. They're listening. Always to listening. Us. Yeah. And you know what? You're listening to us too. So, folks, like I said last week, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, always listening to a lot of podcasts, and even music every once in a while too. And, you know, it's been really nice. And the one reason it's been so nice because I use Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. And folks, these earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. So they have, you know, some some great functions here, some great functions and features. They have customizable sound profiles, which we all we all love. Uh, earbud tap functions. That's really really a step up from where we were in headphones like ten years ago. And noise isolation, which is something we all want. That's something that's improved, and Raycon's doing it better than anyone right now. So. And we know Ray J personally, too. We do know Ray J. He's a big Sabres fan. We love Ray J. He is, yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. Spoiler surprise. but Absolutely, yeah. It's a whole family thing, though. It's like a big controversy because Brandy is actually a huge Leafs fan. Right, right. Yeah, and Ray J's always like, oh, speaking of things that were cool a long time ago. And then Brandy's like, well, speaking of things that have never accomplished anything. Oof. And then he has to get like, oh, I'm actually um, way more accomplished when you think about it. And then they don't talk for like six months. Wow. Yeah, it's all messed up anyway. So if you really if you uh looking for a quality audio experience, Raycon. So go to buy Raycon.com slash THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network today to get 15 percent off your Raycon order. That's buy Raycon.com slash THPN to score 15 percent off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right. And we also have another sponsor. You folks might remember him. Definitely don't forget about him. It's DraftKings. Folks, I don't know if you've heard this, Brendan. Mm-hmm. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here. Or oh it will be God. soon. First Thursday. That's yeah, that's the important thing. The first Thursday is coming up, guys. Couple days. That's what we should be paying attention to. I'm told there will also be some games on Sunday. So, congrats to those little clubs playing on Sunday. Mm. Anyway, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. As an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. How about that? That sounds like something that might happen week one. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So uh, speaking of our friendship with Ray J, I think we should also mention like he did offer us if we wanted to, to have the intro song of the podcast be sexy. Can I, but you were so adamant about your fanhood in Canadas and how much you loved 
my band that you said, you know what, Ray J, we told you two weeks ago that we weren't going to accept Tie Me Down by New Boys featuring you as our intro song now. And now you're trying to hit us with your big billboard chart topping single, Sexy Can I? We're not doing it. We're not doing it. I love Canadas too much. And and you told him to get the hell out. And he said, Taylor, please, I, I, I think we can work on this. I think we could figure this out, man. Really, like, come on. You won't return any of my phone calls. And you said, no, Ray J, not the time or place. This really I, happened. I was there. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I really insisted. I actually, uh, I'm the one who decided that our intro and outro songs would be Canadas. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely also, when, when they changed to a different song, I knew that was going to happen ahead of time. Mm-hmm. because Absolutely. I made the decision. Yeah, you did. You, you told me exactly what to do, exactly what parts of the songs, everything. All right. And I just listened because, you know, you're just my friend and I want to just, I, I want to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's exactly how all this happened. Very accurate. This is anyway, going to be nice for historians to have someday. I agree. I agree. When they look back and do the Ray J biopic that they'll be able to, Remember this moment in, the, in this friendship that's very real. Yes. And uh, I was thinking it might be a biopic of us, but I guess, you know, there's no telling what could happen in the future. Well, that'll be the spinoff is our own. <laughs> classic, classic documentary thing, a spinoff. Right, exactly. Man. Anyways. So what else is going on? Here's what's going on. I have to move my car real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. Sounds great. Hey, Taylor, welcome back, man. Hey, what's up? Nothing. So I moved my car, so that was good. How'd it go? <laughs> it was fine. I got a spot right in front of my house, so that's nice. Excellent. We love that. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, well, I don't um, really know what else to talk about. Do you have anything else in mind? Anything you want to get off your chest at all before we sign off for the day? Yeah, I want to end on more positive notes. So I actually have two th- quick things. Okay. One is we were just talking all the reasons the Sabres could finish seventh in the division next year. Mm-hmm. And like I think that, like I said, I don't think that should be too discouraging, especially if they improve. But I think long-term, the reason why Sabres fans should be confident and excited is like guys that probably won't make a big difference this year. We have so many of them mm-hmm. who can make a huge difference from like 2024 through like 2034. Like forgetting even that Owen Powers in the team and he's going to probably be maybe even pretty good this year, but is going to get exponentially better over the next few years or like Jack Quinn, how many goals he scores, the kind of guy he could become. Like you just have so many guys that some of them have to be good. Right. It's, it's a cool thing right now. Someone on the team that we have in the farm system probably gonna be really good. It could be Coolidge, it could be Savoy, mm. or how, however you say that. Yeah. It could be Otsland. Could it, be. There's so many guys. Rosen, or it could be someone in the later rounds. So True. these guys, there are so many guys right now that are going to be around, and they're so well set up for that future. And I think they. That future could be as early as the 23-24 season, especially considering Tage and Jeff Skinner should not be in decline by then. I mean, I guess we'll right. see. So, and they have these opportunities, like if there's someone that comes up, like that could be a first or second line center, comes up on the market, which happens every couple of years or ever here now, that's someone that they could, they could be the, I don't know, the team that has the most potentially to give up for that kind of trade. For sure. Yeah, so that's something to be positive about. I don't want to be negative about all this. No, I don't think it. I mean, and that's why when I said earlier about them finishing seventh, I was speaking about it in terms of just for the immediate upcoming season. Like long term, 
you know, I, I'm still very happy with where we're at and, and where things are going as compared to the likes of Detroit or Ottawa. And that's just kind of my point is like, if Ottawa, Detroit and Boston were to all finish ahead of us this year, that's okay because I'm much, I'm much, much more confident that two years from now, that won't be the case. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's, there's a lot there. And even this upcoming season, even if they're probably not exactly a playoff team, they were so far away. They were 30 points out last year. They, and I know the last 20 games of the season, they played at a hundred point pace. That's not, that's not usually how things extended the full season. Remember the end of the 2015, 16 season folks. I don't think a lot of people do actually, <laughs> but they played mm-hmm. extremely well. The second half of that season didn't translate. So I think what we want to avoid is this being like the 16, 17 season where you come out and you're like, oof, they're worse. That's not good. That, yeah, that's, a slow start that's would be idea. very bad. Yeah. But yeah, so we want to we want to see Power and Quinn especially, and then secondarily Krebs and Cousins just look better. That's something to yeah. look forward to. I think there's there's sometimes this could be like a fun era that people look back on this kind of season. Hell, the la- end of last season was fun. Mm-hmm. I guess at some point there have to come expectations, big expectations, because you should expect a lot out of your sports teams. I'm just saying – it's not time yet for those expectations. I agree. What you should expect is a good product and clearly improving young guys. And hopefully a goalie that can make a goddamn save. Eric Comrie, I was just about to say, I think is maybe the biggest piece to this puzzle in terms of this season specifically. How he performs this year is going to dictate how the rest of the team is going to be. Absolutely. And then the other positive thing is uh, Bills. The Bills. The Bills, the Bills, the Bills. Yeah, our, our next episode will be coming out on the the day of the, the season opener. So do you think that the Bills are going to go 17-0 and or 16-1? and I think being the kind-hearted, uh, generous team they are, they'll be 16-1. and That's fair. Very modest of them. Very humble. Yes, absolutely. All right, Taylor, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share with them before we sign off? Or do you have a recommendation you'd like to give? Yes, I would like to recommend a movie or two movies, depending on how you look at it. Go for that it. I watched this week, uh, Kill Bill, mm. which I hadn't seen in probably almost two decades, which is sad to say. Man, Kill Bill's great. Uh, you can choose to watch it as one movie or two movies. Your life. I can't tell you what to do. If you have four hours to dedicate, it's great. Or if you're like, you know what? I don't have that time, Taylor. I'm an adult. What are you talking about? I don't have four hours to watch a movie. Do you have two hours, two nights in a row? There you go. You can watch it. It's uh, it's really great. I think it's 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 an interesting way to look at Tarantino's evolution of what kind of director he was. Obviously, he had no qualms about showing crazy violence before then, but the way things are shot and, and the kind of movie it is, is, I think, is really interesting. And In fact, parts one and two are just totally different, in my opinion. So... Nice. Good stuff. I really recommend it. Guy's oh, yeah. got a he's got a big future ahead of him. Yeah. Really on the up and up. <laughs> All right. Well, for my recommendation, I'm gonna do the first of two. I'm gonna do one today and then one on Thursday to promote a couple of big shows that I actually have coming up this weekend. First on Friday night for any uh alt rock fans out there, my band Slow Animals, my cover band that I play in. Friday night at Nietzsche's, we're going to be covering both Arctic Monkeys AM and The Strokes Room on Fire, two great albums, front to back, no skips, like A-plus albums. So it's going to be a really great time. Show starts, uh, oh, doors are at 9 o'clock. We'll be playing probably around like 9.30 or so. 
$10 at the door going to be really great. On top of that, too, as another little segue, on Saturday, if you're looking for a nice, fun all-day event, my band Canadis, my original band, is playing at Music is Art Festival, which is taking place at Riverworks. Great all-day festival. Music, artists, vendors are going to be out. It's going to be a really, really great time. Good food. Great hangs. So uh, come check out either or both. I'd very, very much appreciate it. It'd be great to see you out. But because uh, – oh, and we're playing for that one at 10.45 p.m. on the main stage inside Riverworks. But my song I'm going to do will be the – from one of the albums that we're doing and then i'm going to do one from the other album on thursday but i'm going to do one for the road by am or by arctic monkeys off of am arctic monkeys album that they dropped back in 2013 really popular album you probably have heard the singles if you're not super familiar with them at least you probably heard the singles do i want to know or are you mine one for the road was another one of the singles though uh after those ones had come out and really really great album front to back like really really interesting stuff lyrically it's great the music is very interesting as well just a, a really kind of like big culmination for the arctic monkeys of the four prior albums before that one had come out in 2013 and it really catapulted them i think into like a new level of of fame and stardom and, and notoriety so yeah check out am arctic monkeys one for the road is the song and hear it live along with the rest of that album friday night at nietzsche's who is your random former Sabres player of the episode? Doug Janik. Nice. I'm going to go with the very recent birthday boy, Max Afinaganov. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows across both platforms. Really, really great quality content there that you could be listening to at any time, but especially now as the season is getting ready to kick off. Also, make sure you're following us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Straight Up Sabres. Also, again, whatever streaming platform you're on, leave us a nice review, a rating, whatever it may be, or that is uh, of capability to you on your platform of choice. We'd very, very much appreciate your support, whether it's through that or, again, following us on social media. And last but not least, make sure you're checking out both of the sponsors of this podcast, both DraftKings along with Raycon Headphones. Check them out. Check out the show notes for more details. And you can head to the website for both of them to learn how you can take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Savings. Hey, hey, hey.